Hello, punters. Welcome to a big, big episode of Tongue Tied. We've got JD Hayes here. Um, JD, big special guest. We've had no pressure on you either because we've had Matt Hoistead and Kelvin McAvoy, and they've both tipped us winners. Um, so we'll get to that towards the end of the show. But uh, how are you, mate? Good, good. That is, uh, <laughs> I hope I can give the punters something that they want. That's uh, trying to go for a hat trick, a big pressure builder. That's right, it is. Um, but last week, to be fair, we, we do a bit of a... Usually we've got Brody on here and we, we do what we call the tongue-tied treble. So it's the best bet from the three of us and multi them up. And I had Mr. Caleb. I don't know if you saw the first race at, uh, at Eagle Farm on the weekend, but Jimmy Orman, who is easily the best rider in Queensland, it was the worst ride he's ever given one, I reckon. So <laughs> of course, still isn't out. Um, saw him in the mounting yard yesterday at Eagle Farm and I thought, oh, well, at least he's got out of that pocket, but uh, we won't dwell on the past, mate. So um, big weekend for you. you've moved on nicely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can tell. We're, we're, what are we, five days after and I've uh, really gotten over it. So flying, um, <laughs> mate. Uh, well, listeners, if you want to get the, the full debrief of, of the, the runners from the JD and Ben, well, Ben and JD Hayes, I'm going to put Ben's name first. That's how it comes up yeah, in the race. Yeah, elders. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's over in members only, so that'll be up on Friday afternoon. But, um, mate, we'll still just talk a little bit. It's sort of backtracking for us, but without going too in-depth, uh, how are your runners ahead of the Golden Slipper and the, the All-Star Mile this weekend, mate? No, really happy with them all going into it. Pretty favoured uh, with a couple of the barrier draws there. Um, yep. Really happy with Little Bros, the way that he's held his uh, form into the Golden Slipper. Um, and Arkansas kids really improved. So I think they're both nice each way value. Uh, slippers are very hard to win, and this this year's edition is very wide open. And I think uh, the telling factor is going to be who can be get the best run in the race. So if you fancy yourself as a bit of a, a race mapper, there'd be some value there, I'd say. So, But I, mm. um, if punters are thinking about Arkansas kid or little bros, I couldn't turn you off them. Yeah. That's always, always what you like to hear, and no doubt the owners are pretty happy to hear that as well, mate. So, is there a golden slipper in the, the Hayes family? I'm trying to rack my memory without without Googling it. No, um, the family's been lucky enough to get a couple. Yep. Um, Miss Finland was the most recent oh, for the old course. man. Yep. Um, but there wasn't a Doncaster. Before that, we, because Ben <laughs> and I come from such a long lineage of um, trainers, and we've always said if we're half as successful as CS and Dad, um, we'd be consider ourselves lucky but winning the Doncaster was one that they hadn't done and before that the only thing that we had over them was a Tarelgan Cup so we we're pretty pleased. <laughs> I was going to say a, a Tarelgan Cup uh, looks all right on the mantelpiece but I reckon it would have got swapped out pretty quickly for the Doncaster trophy. <laughs> it's a pretty impressive trophy the Tarelgan Cup I was pretty proud of it. Well mate we might um, we might start there I'm going to put you on the spot here and I, I put a message out into our, our leg up uh, the leg up group chat last night and said we've got JD Hayes on if you've got any, uh, you know, questions or things you just want to ask, fire them through. And um, I guess being All-Star Mile Week, it's a, a race where the public gets to vote for. Um, and, you know, we've, we've seen a few articles sort of in the press about, you know, if the race was run in 1980, who's your, your dream All-Star Mile field, et cetera. And the, the, one of the questions we got in was, if you can pick a horse from CS's era, David's era, your era, to run against each other over the mile, um, who are you picking and who's winning it? Oh, I um, we've got a, a barn named after a horse that Dad trained called the Bed Loosen Up Bar. Yeah. Um, it's a bar, sorry, Bed Loosen Up Bar, which is quite a good name for a bar at the farm. <laughs> um, so all his wins are up there, and I've had quite a few beers in there, drooling of getting a horse of his caliber uh, in the stable. And a close second would have to be Dulcify, but um, I think Bed Loosen Up gets the nod. He gets the nod. That's um, 
Always, I suppose he's a bit of a champion, isn't he? He's the one that they went to, took to Japan, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Still the only yeah. Australian horse to win a Japan Cup, I believe. Um, I hope I'm not corrected on that, but that's what my dad says, and he <laughs> said that's the only fact checker I've got. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll run with it anyway. Mate, um, how's it been like, I suppose, the, the Hayes name is one of the, the most famous names in racing, I suppose. So when you and you and your brother went out and, and started training on your own, I, there's a lot of a lot of knockers um, that were saying that it, it wouldn't work and whatnot, and you've already got a couple of group ones under your, under your belt. Um, so I suppose it's a nice little FU to the to the haters out there. But how's it been? How's the, the pressure and um, reaping the benefits? No, the pressure was nothing like I've experienced before, um, but we just sort of stripped it back. And although we when we did take over, there was a few horses leave and whatnot, but we had a lot of really long-existing good clients and new clients stick with us and back us in. And like I said, when you strip it back, we have a, a world-class facility. We had a healthy number of horses, uh, a already established client base and exceptionally good people around us. So um, Ben and I are very much just a window shop of what people see of Lindsay Park and the individuals that we're surrounded by everyone know your role play your role and that's what's been a big factor in what we believe has been uh, reaping the success in the track and um, with that mentality we've been celebrating accordingly because we know the good times don't last other they don't last all the time but um i got told by one wise man it's not how you win them it's how you celebrate them and uh, celebrate them you did, mate. That uh, The video, I think, after the Doncaster of Mr. Brightside, of course, there's only one song that you can play and celebrate to when you win, win a big race with a horse like that. But uh, it's sort of, I think a lot of people then started to really take you seriously and go, all right, these boys mean business. No, absolutely. And hopefully he's given us a, re- a reason to come out of our cage this weekend. I think he's primed from barrier two. So um, he's an absolute marvel, that horse. And, yeah, the Doncaster was... Um, a good one to tick off and then the success that's follows just been a, a big a big compliment to everyone back home who's been working so hard yeah let's talk about mr brightside mate uh obviously pick him up from new zealand uh he won a couple of country cups and um, started to string a few together and then uh from memory he started close to favorite in a in a cantala back when it was on derby day he got beaten but far from disgraced and from there he's uh he, he sort of worked his way up to being i don't know i suppose top five milers in the country yeah, he's a he's a horse that Ben and I are going to hold dear to our hearts for a long time because he was there when we needed him as well as a horse called Gentleman Roy. They were both in the, in the boxes when we took over and they both had a lot of rating points in hand. But Mr. Brightside wouldn't be in the stable if it wasn't for a man called Wayne Orman who helped us source him and purchase him. And um, we put some really good clients into him and they've had such an amazing ride um, going from getting beat first up to piecing together a, a lovely preparation where he, we picked the eyes out of the ratings and it culminated in a little bit of an unlucky fourth in the Cantala and then just from that preparation to each preparation he's improved um, and I think this is the best preparation that he's putting together and if it culminates in a all-star mile um, I'm hoping that I'm waking up with a very sore head Sunday. <laughs> um, you're in Melbourne and Ben goes to Sydney for the slipper does it so you'll, you'll be in charge of, uh, of the partying is that right? Let's uh, not let's Let's walk before we can run. Uh, there's a very, a very good horses in there. It's just hopeful. Um, but, yeah, Ben went to Sydney because, uh, unfortunately, Rock beat scissors and Rock paper scissors and he got the choice and he decided to go up for the slipper. But I'm very happy staying home uh, for the All-Star Mile. Just just absolutely tickle pink to have good good runners in both $5 million races. Yeah, mate, uh, certainly a nice position to be in. Um 
what's next for Mr. Brightside if he he comes out and runs sort of as his price suggests and and runs well? Does he does he come to Sydney and try and make it you know back to back Doncasters? Does he does he go a week later into a into an Australian Cup or um, does he go to the paddock? Um, he certainly won't be going to the paddock if he pulls up well, um, but we'll see how he pulls up. The Doncaster trying to go back to back, which is very hard to do, but yeah. it looks awfully tempting because he's been given fifty five and a half. Um, I really do feel like he's improved from last year. So uh, at this point in time, um, I'd have to say we're leaning towards the Goncaster, but we're going to lock a plan in after we see how he pulls up and how he performs on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, there was, a, I don't know if it was a post-race interview or, or something uh, that I saw a bit earlier in the year. Gentleman Roy as well. Um, he's obviously there in the All-Star Mile. And I think from what I heard, he, you were leaning towards Doncaster with him as well. 52 on his back is awfully tempting in the Doncaster. And um, if he gets a bit of give in the track where Sydney's famous for its rain, hopefully it does rain because both of them love a bit of give in the track. Um, it's awfully, awfully tempting. Um, I think third up at a mile, he'll be fifth up in the Doncaster. It just maps for a very, very good run. And his, his take no prisoners, prisoners racing style uh, will take bad luck out of the equation. And I think he'll be a pretty hard bunny to catch. So, Hopefully they both come out of the race in really good order and give us two good uh, bullets to fire in the Doncaster. Beautiful. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to bring up bad memories, but uh, we go back a few weeks. And gentleman Roy, he we we spoke we speak about how much of a I suppose a, a loved horse he is because of his tough on pace um, pattern, and he went into a, a CF wall uh, really well liked. Um, he was the first past the post and. Unfortunately, uh, he ended up losing that on protest. But talk us through that, mate. Uh, did you? Did you? Well, I mean, first of all, did you think that it should have been upheld? Of course, a little bit of uh, a bit of bias, and um, but it, it was a pretty stiff call, wasn't it? No, it was. It was. Um, no, it was a. It was an unbelievable feeling when he passed the post, and then to have it taken away from you was a different feeling to describe altogether. But. Look, I moved on a little bit quicker than you with uh, <laughs> the horse not getting out of the pocket because it's sort of like <laughs> arguing with the umpire. The decision's final when people look back in 15 years and um, it'll be Gentleman Roy second and Jack and O first and full congratulations to Jack and O too. He's a terrific horse who's yeah. most likely going to have a terrific uh, stallion career and um, they deemed that the shifting out was enough to overturn the decision and that's what the decision is. So full congratulations to Jack and O, but I think Gentleman Roy will have his day again. Hundred percent. You mentioned you moved on. I think uh, we mentioned earlier about a, a bucks party. It was actually that weekend, and we were we were all keen on Gentleman Roy. And I've I've backed him on the in the sports bet account, and I've of course been paid out with protest promise. But we were doing a bit of like a, a cash punters club as well. So we've we've gone and backed him straight out with one of the bookies and one of the boys who I think he self excluded himself from all his bookies account. He's also had a cash bet, so he's gone from one bet for the afternoon and, and gone from winning fifteen hundred on Gentleman Roy to. Uh, to not getting paid out and so it was a it was a pretty sour taste and uh, jack and i sort of that name's banned from most group chats <laughs> <laughs> oh that's flooding you can probably you can look at it in a different light if you guys all had that cash you mightn't have survived the bucks party so well that's right yeah it, it was um, a pretty quiet night after that <laughs> um <laughs> mates the lindsay park and the i suppose the Euroa base i the way I like to look at it from from the outside, there was a photo that was posted on your your socials uh, probably two years ago, and it was just a, it was an aerial shot um, of of the setup there. And 
I like to show any anti-racing people that say horses aren't well treated because I show them that photo and I say, well, I'd happily live here and be treated like these horses. Um, World-class setup, mate. How, uh, what's it like, I suppose, going to work there every day? No, uh, just incredibly, incredibly lucky, and that probably falls short of what it really is. Like uh, the old man inherited a beautiful pro- property in Adelaide from his father, and um, he moved that property and took everything that he loved out of it and brought it to Euroa and Ben and I and the family are beneficiaries of that forward thinking. So it really is a kingdom for the horse with the five different tracks that we have. We can offer a different variety to any horse and the water walker and treadmills and the swimming pool and the day paddocks. We really do feel like that we've got um, everything we need there to get the best out of any horse that we get given the opportunity to train. So um, in that in conjunction with our Flemington stable, because it can be a bit like a resort Euroa, um, they can just get very relaxed and racing off. If you come back from holidays and race, you're probably not going to race as fast as you can. So some horses need the stimulus of Flemington. So it's a beautiful complementary assets that we have. Yeah. Um, but to be able to train out of the main base in Euroa, um, we consider ourselves probably the luckiest people on earth. No doubt, mate. How far is sort of Euroa from your, from the Flemington base? Is it not all that far? Probably about 10, 10 good sing-along songs and then probably a yeah. half an hour podcast. So about an yeah. hour and a half um, from the Melbourne CBD. And then, yep. yeah, up there on that. And it's a beautiful drive up the Hume. You just, uh, it's pretty easy cruising. When you say 10 sing-along songs, it's just Mr. Brightside on repeat, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I could recite that backwards. I've heard it that many yeah. times, but that's a good reason why. I bet. Uh, mate, your two-year-olds, they're flying. Of course, yeah, you've got the two in the slipper this weekend. But um, one of the boys pointed out that you're, you're sort of success down the straight with your early two-year-olds. Is there... Um, I suppose a way that you do you have a few non-negotiables when it comes to picking horses that are, are going to be targeted like those races like the Maribyrn on plate that um, you've had plenty of success with or is it just a matter of what's up and running at the time? Yeah, we have a really good system um, that we that we took over from dad and just implement, just kept continuing through. And once we, uh, it all starts at the sale grounds. We use Dean Hawthorne, Dave McKellar and a big sales team to help identify early types and later types and, um, the horses are a bit like humans. They all come in all shapes and sizes, so you can buy them for a sort of fit that you see that they can grow into. And yeah. the earlier types, you obviously get them broken in earlier. And we have what we call an orientation preparation, um, where we teach them how to water walk, swim, treadmill, and gallop. And if they go up the hill really on the steel, doing it easily, they come in sooner rather than later. Yeah. And if uh, they look like they need a bit more time, or um, we uh, enable them to have that time but another thing that we have at Euroa is an on-site vet touched on him before Dr Dave McKellar and Alex Tremlett and the team there do such a terrific job and we're able to shoot uh, some x-rays through their knees and fetlocks at their eight-week mark um, just before they start to really get under pressure and that also helps us from a scientific background um, to identify the horses that need more time when their growth plates are apart or the ones that are ready to push on and go forward. Yeah, lovely, mate. Um, was it? Did you win back-to-back races on that on Cup Day? Was it? Did Little Bros win it last year and and Finance Tycoon the year before, or am I thinking of different races? No, it's the same race, but Little Bros missed a start and come from last. The leader won, and he ran a slashing oh. second, and then he come yeah. out and won the Merson Cooper. But yeah. Finance Tycoon was able to win that race, and then he went on, um, obviously, to compete in the Magic Millions. I was lucky enough to travel him. And then he came back and ran a slashing third in the Blue Diamond and won the showdown. So um, mm. he was a terrific horse finance tycoon. Wouldn't mind another one of him as well. Yeah. Bought by Johnny McKeever. Yeah, he's uh, he's um, 
off to stud now, I believe. He, uh, he only, he'd still be a little while away from having his first runners on the ground. Yeah, I think he's just discovered having his first um, route, to put it yeah. kindly. <laughs> so he's probably two years away from having his first foals on the ground. Yeah, lovely. No doubt there'll be a few finance tycoons running around uh, Euroa in a couple of years' time. Um, mate, it's uh, it's a big time of year for you trainers when it comes to, I suppose, the sales. You mentioned Magic Millions, and then we've had the English uh, sales, and now we're now we're sort of Adelaide and back up at Gold Coast for March sales next uh, well next week. Uh, how's the stable sort of gone gone about the sales this year? Brought up. No, we've been able to secure quite a few nice yearlings. Um, we're definitely feeling the love with the recent success of the two-year-olds on the track. Yep. Um, and we're getting quite a few opportunities to train some nice, well-bred ones. So we've definitely been feeling love. We've got a terrific sales team, as I mentioned, Dean Hawthorne, Dave McKellar, Tommy Ryan, Josh Ricks, many, uh, many eyes on them and working out the best angles to get them in without exposing the business to too much money because they are expensive horses. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I feel like we've done a good job and acquired some quite nice types and hopefully that translates to uh, fast horses. Yeah, no doubt. How much does your dad have to do with that? I noticed there's a, a quite a few horses that you guys sort of start off with that end up over in uh, over in Hong Kong with, with your old man. Is is that uh, sort of always part of the plan? Does he identify a few horses that he wants and wants you guys uh, to start with? Because of COVID, no, because he wasn't able to come home. Um, but he's start, he's going to come to either Easter sales, and um, he he is the boss of the operation. Um, yeah. He's been very very good in just letting Ben and I and the team go on a free reign. And uh, if we ever have any troubles or queries, uh, we do give him a ring because you'd be mad not to pick the brain of a he's a Hall of Fame trainer. So yeah. he's a good one to throw a few ideas to, and he'll set you in the right path. And but he's been really really good to Ben and I and the team as us said earlier just letting us uh feel our way through because uh the quickest way to learn is to make mistakes and make sure you don't do them again 100 percent, mate did he have a little bit to do with luke curry coming back over to ride mr brightside in the all-star mile i've noticed luke ridden a few horses for him uh up in hong kong no he did and with the two big days in sydney and melbourne um it was just it was between um two jockeys and the stable was very comfortable putting them both on um harry coffee's ended up on sosie bond so he's got a ride in the race but um, the, we just threw it to the ownership group. Uh, we just provided a list of jockeys that we were comfortable with and let them decide. Um, yeah. And I believe they both had um, enough ability to be able to pilot Mr. Brightside, but um, very happy to have Luke Curry on board. He's been competing against the, against, the, against the best in Hong Kong, and he's got a very good record. He's an extremely successful jockey, and he's very hungry. So i um, very happy to be legging up Luke Curry onto Mr. Brightside. Yeah, lovely, mate. I'm, uh, me too. I'm on a little bit of the overs. So I don't know. I hope that doesn't stop him. But uh, <laughs> but I thought, oh, Luke Curry, I, I can cop that. Um, mate, be before we wrap up, uh, I want to ask you two more questions about sort of horses and horses to follow. Um, can you give us one to, to keep an eye on? It doesn't have to be running this weekend. Uh, just one that might be, you know, a few months away or a few weeks away to, to keep a close eye on. And, and what the punters want to know is the best winning chance this weekend. I'm going to give one a bit left field. Um, there was a horse that ran yesterday. He ran last, but it was a very good last for where we want to be. He wasn't beaten all that far. Port Guillaume, I think he's going to. He's been targeted for the Warnable Jumps campaign, and yeah. um, following him all the way through, it might be worth booking a trip if he makes Grand Final and Warnable uh, over the Jumps. It could be a, a bit of a fun trip. Warnable is an incredible couple of days there, mm. uh, so fun is to follow Port Guillaume through. And um, did you say best bet for the weekend? Yeah. 
I'll just be happy with a winner, but um, I'm going to have to stick fat with Mr. Brightside. I think if he gets the right run in the race um, and it falls his way, um, he's not going to let your money down. So and I really do hope that's the case for you. <laughs> well, that's going to be the first leg of our tongue-tied travel, Mr. Brightside in the All-Star Mile. Um, Brody, while he's not here, he's fired in his best bet. So he's going to tip Pericles in the uh, the Rose Hill Guineas. And, um, well, I still haven't got out from last weekend, like we mentioned. Um, I'm going to throw in. I'm just going to make it easy. And I'm going to hope that the Godolphin Blue have a, a Group 1 double at Rose Hill. I'm going to throw in Enemo, just a nice, easy kill uh, in the George Ryder. So um, that's a little bit of pocket talk as well. But So we'll have Pericles all up, Enemo all up, Mr. Brightside. JD, been a pleasure, mate. Um, thanks for jumping on this morning. And hopefully, just hopefully, there's a, a few more Group 1 wins to uh, the Ben and JD Hayes name. No, beautiful. Thank you for having me. Thanks, mate.